What is the ultimate monster? I look into that right now on John Not Quite Calvin. So recently I've been on a little bit of a kick <clears throat> as far as movies are concerned. Uh, during the month of October, I usually watch some horror movies and things like that. Usually it's kind of like the corny stuff, but, uh, this year we decided to watch the Halloween series. Now, if you haven't seen the Halloween series, uh, it's classic America cin cinema, pretty much. First one came out in 1978 <clears throat> and essentially the story or the stories, I guess, is more accurate considering there's so many different timelines at this point. Uh, the stories center around a serial killer by the name of Michael Myers. Michael Myers doesn't speak. He doesn't uh, really do anything crazy. Uh, it's difficult to kill him and he ends up going on murderous rampages. Uh, typically the subjects of his rampages are in the town of Haddonsfield, Illinois, uh, people he's related to or people who were just so happened to get in his way pretty much. Um, the slasher film really is probably one of those genres that are pretty popular, not just among horror movie fans, but among fans of thrillers and things like that. Uh, it's part of the reason that we have so many different thrillers. If you really think about it, uh, the slasher, horror film is just kind of the, uh, I guess the most extreme version, if you will, where the killer is completely unhinged, uh, or even straight up just a monster coming back and murdering people and going out of their way to do so. Um, the slasher films were really popular probably in the 1990s. Uh, like really thinking about it, that's when some of the, like a couple of the last, Halloween movies came out. There were a couple of movies with Jason Voorhees. Uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer it was pretty popular. And then you, of course, have the Scream franchise. So the thing I wanted to talk about today, though, is the monster that lies within all of us, if you will. Uh, you know, we find evil to be extremely terrifying. But the thing that really connects all these different monsters and things is their uninhibited nature. Because the thing is that characters like Michael Myers and stuff really kind of get to people because he could just happen. There's nothing really supernatural about him until you get later in the series and things like that. Sure, it's difficult to kill him and Honestly, like that, that gets kind of ridiculous if you're watching it, but to be entirely honest, the scary part about Michael Myers is the fact that he could happen. Theoretically, he could happen. Uh, there have been countless serial killers throughout the history, not just in, uh, the United States, but earlier, uh, sure. They really were only getting tracked probably within the last two centuries or so, but I guarantee you that there's been plenty of other serial killers before we were even tracking that stuff. Um, 
there's stories of people who claim to be werewolves to get away with their many different murders or uh, claim that they were animals, monsters, boogeymen. The story of the boogeyman actually originates from a serial killer who used to prey on uh, children. Interestingly enough, I know a lot about, (laughs) I know a lot about uh, serial killers and things like that because when I was growing up, I spent a lot of time watching uh, crime shows and documentaries and things like that. It's interesting to think how evil people can really be. But the thing is that it's really a thing of everybody seems to wonder where does evil come from? Like what causes these people to do the things that they do? Why is it that a random guy just snaps one day? Some people would point to sexual repressiveness, anger against the system, mental illness, autism, insanity, and a variety of other causes. But to be entirely honest, the thing that we're avoiding is the fact that the ultimate cause of these killers and things is sin. And it's something that we all possess within ourselves. We all have sin. We all continuously are extremely selfish. We have a very perverted view of the world. And even though most of us aren't murderers to the extent of your Michael Myers and your Jack the Rippers and things like that, all of us are murderous at heart. I think part of the reason that we're so fascinated with these characters of slasher films and serial killer documentaries is because they make us feel better about ourselves. If you really think about it. Sure. um, I rage so hard against people who cut me off in traffic and, you know, I have all these thoughts and stuff that I would do, but I'd never do it. You know, I'm not a monster. But the thing is that really the ultimate monster of the story, the ultimate real monster is humans. That's one of the things that a lot of people really uh, joke and point out about uh, like Scooby-Doo and series like that is that really the, the monster always turns out to be people, but it's true. Ultimately, we're the bad guys. We're the monsters in the story. It's not the devil. The devil isn't the ultimate bad guy, if you will. Sure, he's a character, and yeah, he is pure evil, and he makes sure that we uh, are doing things that are against the nature of God, and he wants to lead us astray and lead us to do things that are not honoring to God, but he's just one entity. He's just one thing. And the thing is that Lucifer isn't even the author of sin. He isn't even the creator of sin. He isn't what brought sin about. He tempted, but he didn't create sin. He tempted, but he didn't make Adam sin. And he tempted, but he ultimately is not the cause of the fall. Sin is. Sin is the cause of the fall. Adam is the cause of the fall. His decision that he made in the in the uh, garden caused the fall of the human race. And if you really think about it, the first crime committed against humans 
not against just God, but humans, was a murder. We all possess within us the incredible capability for evil. Whether we want to admit it or not, whether we want to look at it or not. There's an interesting statistic out there. Uh, I was looking at statistics, obviously, for the post that I made earlier today. But one of the statistics that I read was only 2% of Americans believed that they were going to hell. 2%. Now, obviously, not everybody understands theology. Not everybody understands Christianity and how heaven and hell work. But it is telling when only 2% of the U.S. population actually admits that they're going to go to hell. And the thing is, though, that all of us are deserving of hell. We all deserve to go there. We murder people in our hearts. We tell lies. We curse the very God who made us. We make a mockery of his justice. We make a mockery of his image. We make idols out of the things that he's created. We value things like paper more than life. We value material possessions and objects more than the creator of the universe. We value knowledge and our own wits and intelligence more than we value the God of all knowledge. The ultimate villain, the ultimate evil is humankind. Like really think about it. What is the thrilling part of haunted houses? If you think about it, what is it that attracts people to go into these haunted houses and these corn mazes and things like that? Why is it that when we go into these things that are fake, we're scared? The answer is really simple and it points out really something about ourselves that we don't think about a lot is our great capacity for evil. Sure, it's fake, but give it a couple of seconds, it could turn real. Give it a slight inch off and suddenly that plastic knife is real. That thing coming at you is actually trying to hurt you. They didn't take the chain out of the chainsaw and they're coming for you. The thing is that the reason that we're afraid of haunted houses and afraid of these gimmicks and things like that is because deep down we understand that it could go wrong. And you know why? Because we've thought of it. We've thought of what makes it go wrong. We've thought about what we would do if we could get away with it. We've thought about the absolute worst thing that could possibly happen because we're the perpetrator. The reason that we have trust issues and jealousy and a various degree of other sin is because we understand that we would do it if we could get away with it. Why do we get jealous of our partners and stuff like that, talking to people of the opposite sex? Because we understand that if we were given the opportunity to get away with it, we probably would do something about it. Why is it that we're afraid of angering the people around us? Because we have had visions of ourselves raging to the point of hurting other people. Because we've been dissatisfied. 
the thing about human beings is they're very fecal. They get really, uh, not fecal. <laughs> We are, we are really crappy, but <laughs> fickle. We're really fickle. We can turn on a dime. And not only that, we don't always have the best interests of other people in mind because if we're just being honest, the vast majority of humankind, if it doesn't have our best interest in mind, we don't care about the effect it has on other people. The reason that somebody might have great customer service is because they have the opportunity for monetary reward and promotion. The reason that the person is self-sacrificial and does things that they do is because it makes them look better and gives them the opportunity to hold it over your head. Humankinds are extremely selfish. Every single thing that we do is selfishly put together. I should really turn down my ringer <laughs> when I'm doing these things, but uh, things happen. Mistakes happen. Um... The thing that we need to realize is nobody is perfect. Nobody has an absolutely pure heart. And we don't really think about it. Every single person has something selfish about them. Every single person has a sin that they struggle with. Whether it's money, gambling, laziness, slothfulness, gluttony. Lust, anger, everybody has something that they struggle with. It's part of the reason that relationships and marriages really don't work out. Because when you're going through the marriage ceremony, you really hope for the best. But the vast majority of mankind is not realistic about what they're getting into. They think that they've got it all figured out. That they'll be the perfect spouse, the perfect husband, the perfect wife. They look at the person across the aisle and they think this person will always be the way that they are right now. And we forget about the fact that we're all sinners. We all make mistakes. We all get selfish from time to time and not in a way that's healthy, but in a way that's damaging. And as a result, though, the marriage relationships of most people tend to fall apart because we don't understand the fact that the other person's a sinner. That's part of the reason it's so important to understand who you're getting into a relationship with. It's why it's important to have conversations and it's really important to communicate. But it's also important to understand the gospel. It's also important to live out the gospel in your relationship. Now, I'm not a marriage expert. I can't really claim that title. I've only been married for about a year, but the the keys that I've heard and that I've seen in action are communication is key. You have to be able to trust the other person. You have to be able to talk to the other person. You have to realize that this person is not going to turn on you and you will never turn on them. The reason that soap operas are so popular is because most of it has to do with that element in a relationship. The fact that your deepest, darkest secret will get out and the person that you think that you can trust the most is really the person that's going to twist the knife at the end. You know why? Because it's so popular with 
middle-aged women and things like that and stay-at-home moms because they think about doing that all the time. Why do you think women struggle with gossip? Why do you think it's so popular? Like, the reason that soap operas and dramas are so popular among women is because it takes the concept of gossip to the extreme. Why do you think that shows like Desperate Housewives and The Good Wife and all these things were so popular? Because the woman in the show took drama and gossip to make it their own game and turned into the most powerful person in the story. The reason that things are popular and the reason that entertainment is the way that it is today is because the entertainment industry has realized not just that sex sells, but sin sells. Why are shows like Keeping Up with the Kardashians so popular? We're all greedy and selfish and childish and foolish in our own way. But we like watching people do it to an extreme, to excess. Why are shows like My 600 Pound Life popular, especially in the United States? Because we have a weight issue. But I'm not 600 pounds. I didn't let myself get away from my healthy lifestyle that bad. I didn't let my gluttony get that out of control that it literally ruined my life. Why are shows like Big Brother's House and all these reality shows so popular? Because it gives us the idea of if we were in that situation, would we take advantage of it like these other people did? The majority of TV shows and stuff like that is really taking sin to an extreme anymore. It's why so many shows don't seem really child-friendly anymore. Because we don't like to expose our children to things like that. We don't like exposing our children to sin and showing them what the world is actually like. We would love to have a fairy tale. We would love to have it where the, the men are always gentlemen, the women are always princesses, and the hero and good always win in the end. Ultimately, good will win in the end. But in our lifetimes, that doesn't necessarily show, does it? But we'd like our children to have this view of the world, this idealized vision of what the world is like. It's part of the reason that when we over-shelter our children, they have an issue functioning in the world. It's part of the reason that a lot of the kids in Christianity will either be so sheltered that they cannot function as an actual adult and they come off as naive, they come off as simplistic, and they come off as idealistic. Or, it goes to the other extreme, they get exposed to this world and they felt like they weren't able to experience it. And now Christianity looks like a hamper to them. We need to realize that we as human beings all 
sin and fall short of the glory of God. We all are worthy of hell. And I think that's something that gets lost when we look into like Armenian theology, for instance. The doctrine of total depravity does not exist. The idea of original sin is widely disregarded, actually, by many Armenians. It's disregarded by the majority of Christianity, to be honest. Some people think that the idea of original sin originated in the Catholic Church. It didn't. Original sin originated in the scriptures. The entirety of total depravity begins and ends on that. All men are sinful. In in iniquity we are brought forth. We continue to sin to this day. Nobody is perfect. We are sinners and yet being sanctified. We are sinners yet righteous. And it's not because of us. It's not because of an action that we do. It's not because of something that we deserve. There isn't some innate goodness in us. Can we do good things? Yes, but you know why? We do good things because the world is still God's. The world and everything in it is still God's. We are still in the image of God. The reason that people do good, as we perceive it, is because the world works better when we do good. We don't get in trouble when we do good. We don't get yelled at. We don't get punished. We don't get screamed at. We don't get ostracized. We get monetary reward for being good and being on our best behavior because we get to keep a job. We get a high paying job. If we do what we're told and we memorize the things that we're supposed to memorize, we get good grades. We get more money because we get a scholarship. And now we continue to better ourselves and better society. Why? Because we pay people to better society when we ourselves are too sinful to do it ourselves. Garbage men and people that run like waste managements and things like that make a lot of money. Why? Because we're too selfish to do it ourselves. We'd rather pay somebody to do it than do it ourselves. It's nasty work. And the thing is that we tend to forget that we're all sinners. We tend to forget the fact that we all deserve hell, don't we? We tend to forget the fact that the only thing keeping us from becoming Mike Myers and murderers and thieves and nasty things is entirely the grace of God. The ultimate monster, the ultimate evil is us. I think that might be part of the reason that we are so interested in things like horror. We're so interested in things like drama. We're so interested in seeing these dark corners of the human mind and how far sin can go. Because ultimately, it's what we are. And until we're completely changed, until the Holy Spirit changes our lives and our hearts, we'll continue to crave after the thing, even if society doesn't allow it. 
I think that that's the ultimate lesson. We need to realize that we are the real monsters. We're the evil that ruins this world. We're the thing that causes death and destruction. We're the most damaging thing to God's creation. Humankind is totally depraved. And men love the darkness more than the light. And the only way that that changes is if we're changed by God. So, I guess I'll leave you guys with that. Short little snippet. Kind of something that I've been thinking about a little bit lately today. And for the last month or so. So, I'll leave you with that. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the content. Please, uh... Go to a face. Go to our Facebook page, uh, like and comment. Uh, let me know what you would like me to talk about next. Let me know what topics interest you. Uh, let me know what post you'd like to see me doing. I try to do these things to not only uh, <laughs> fulfill my itch to write and to to put my lovely lovely voice out on the interwebs, but I do it in the hopes of helping and educating my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. So, I'll leave you guys with that. Until next time, Soli Deo Gloria.